Discipleship. Again, this is our last week to talk about, well, it's not technically our last we'll week. We'll never to, uh, talk yeah. about discipleship again this on here. This is the definitive four episodes on discipleship. If you ever want to know what it is, these are the only four that you'll ever be able to listen to. That's not true, but mm. today's the last <laughs> day in this series that we're going to talk about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we have talked a little bit about some of what the grow team, so the discipleship ministry here at Highland has uh, kind of developed as far as what is, you know, what is disciple is, what is discipleship and all of that. And so uh, did you kind of want to walk through that a little bit? Yeah, we can do that. Sweet. We can walk through it. Okay. So Jeremy, what is a disciple? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great question. So if you uh, ask a hundred different people, you would probably get a hundred different answers, but Mm. kind of like we said in episode one of this series, when you ask at Highland, we're hoping to introduce some language and some vernacular. And especially if you ask someone on the grow team or someone on staff, uh, we're wanting to hear a particular answer just because we start teaching and training like, Hey, this is Mm. what we mean when we say discipleship. And so a disciple Emily, a disciple is a devoted follower of Jesus who denies self while growing into Christ likeness. What do you think about that? I I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's solid. We spent a lot of time working on this. Massaging the language, yeah. <laughs> totally. No, I, I do I like it. And it is, you know, when you think about the different words that it's a devoted follower, someone who's dedicated to to following Jesus Christ and um I mean, I, I don't know what, what, I don't know how to answer your question exactly. Yeah, no, but, I mean, I think that's the, you know. I concur. I, I concur. Have you ever seen Catch Me If You Can? Yes, totally. Yeah. Uh, do you it's concur? The best. It is, it is great. But no, I, I think it's a great uh, definition. And mm-hmm. uh, so we don't want to promote followership. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to do- draw the distinction between. there's act. Act, there's an activity to it, right? So I'm de- actively denying myself while I'm actively pursuing Christ-likeness. And so there's, it's not a passive thing that just happens to us. It's like a disciple is, you know, it's definitely a descriptive noun of a person, right? Yeah. Or, But I do think that there is uh, something going on. So Jeremy, this leads to the next question. What does is- a disciple What does a disciple do? That's a great question, Emily. And I think I would answer the question and the grow team would answer the question (laughs) this way. A disciple matures in Christ and calls others to join in lifelong discipleship. Uh, And here's why I like that, because you're not just growing and maturing. We've talked a lot, I think, on the on the pod. Are we allowed? Are we enough episodes in to be able to just call this a pod? Sure, we can do. Uh, we can do what we want <laughs> on the podcast, on the show, on the whatever we would say. Uh, we've talked a lot about how our faith, while uh, extremely personal, right, uh, intensely personal, was never meant to be private. So, what mm-hmm. I do love about this description is a disciple isn't just maturing in Christ, but in their maturity, and because of that maturity, they are calling others to join them in lifelong discipleship, right? Lifelong. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think lifelong entails? I mean... What group is exempt? 
There is no group. That is every every believer in Christ, everyone who has put their faith in him is a disciple, no matter, you know, whether they're nine or ninety. And so, um, you know, I would say that you become a disciple the moment you trust in Christ, and then that's a process that lasts until either Jesus comes back or takes us home. Right. So, and you said it well either the last episode or maybe a couple of episodes ago that, um, you know, a lot of times we like to look at salvation as the end mm-hmm. of the process, but it really is just the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the process ends when Jesus either comes back or uh, he takes us home. So yeah, it's a lifelong mm-hmm. process. And mm-hmm. as we're maturing, as we're growing, we want to call others into that lifelong discipleship. And just to encourage each uh, life stage, each uh, grade here at Highland from preschool all the way up to seniors, it means that there's always a place for you and there's always work to do, right? So you know that you can be a part of the ministry here at Highland as you continue to make disciples, as you continue to invite people into uh, your life and you speak into theirs. And so there's your encouragement, you're never done. Yeah. Never, <laughs> so never what is over. so what is the goal of discipleship? So the goal of discipleship, uh, according to the grow team here, is to see everyone. Do you think that That's everyone a big includes word. everyone? Do you think that includes All everyone? People. Yeah, everyone conform to the image of Christ, expanding God's kingdom throughout the earth. Which I think is a big goal. No, that's that is a good big goal, but can you that do that on your the, own? No. I can't do that on my own. Like we need the work of the Spirit there, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, yeah, our our goal is to make disciples of all nations. Um, that's the yeah. that's the great command. Um, and so, yeah, we want to we want to see the whole earth. Yeah. The whole earth filled with the glory of the Lord. That's awesome. Um, and so, Jeremy, as group's pastor, <laughs> what are some of the venues? You've done an awesome job over the, what, five and a half years you've been here? It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> no, I'm just cr- creating environments that uh, exist specifically for this kind of thing to happen. So for discipleship to take ha- to take place. And so that's one of the things that I love about Highland and I love about your ministry here is that I do feel like these... Uh, there are a lot of, there are a variety of options for believers to get plugged into so that yeah. they can pursue um, following Christ, you know, and invite others into that process of following Christ together in the context of community. Because I know we've talked about this, but discipleship was never meant to take place like in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was meant to take place in within the context of the church, I believe. And so, um, so what would you say some of the, the primary environments are that we have at Highland? at this point for discipleship? Yeah, I would say that uh, we have several, right? And and so first of all, uh, we'll just start from um, the youngest and kind of work our way up. How about that? Uh, Preschool. And Mm -hmm. and we say this all the time, and I think it's uh, one, we want to honor our uh, preschool ministry. We want to honor Anne and say that when you're dropping off your babies in preschool ministry, you're not dropping them off to a babysitter, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, They are being prayed over. Scripture's been being read over them. Songs are being sung over them. And so that really is a beginning of kind of, uh, I had a pastor who would call it uh, gathering kindling mm. around That's your good. child and hoping that the Lord will set it alight. And so from the earliest, we want to make sure that you know that we're praying for your yeah. child's salvation and we're building into that. And mm-hmm. when you move into children's ministry, they're going to get the gospel 
excuse me. Um, they're going to go through, I think the entire old, is it the entire old Testament, um, or the entire Bible or uh, by the time they graduate from high school, they will have gone through the entire Bible three times, but, uh, they're going to go through old Testament and they're going to walk through it. They're going to talk about the gospel. They're going to talk about the cross. They're going to talk about Jesus. They're going to talk about some, um, some theologically heavy and dense things in a way that your kids can understand. But again, it's not a place where you're dropping your kids off and they're just kind of taking care of them so you can go do the real work of church, right? Mm. Uh, They are pouring into your children. uh, And some of those little folks down there are believers. And so they are beginning the process now of... um, equipping you to disciple your children. Same thing in student ministry. Um, They are very actively seeking to see um, those students grow in maturity. They don't tell them that they're the future of the church. They tell them that they're the church today and that their role, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that's alive and at work in them. And then we move into college and college there, um, teaching and equipping them to not just um, figure out what it means to be a college student, but actually what does life look like when you're um, involved in the life of the body and how do you participate in that life? And uh, we see that in the way that they do college connection and the way that um, they do their groups, they're growing and thriving and the way they serve the church incredibly well. Like our college Mm -hmm. students serve our church incredibly well. Then we move into our adult ministries and we've got our adult Bible fellowships. Those are our Sunday morning classes where we're going to focus on the study of God's word together. We've got our connection groups, those meet in homes throughout the Waco area in the week where we're going to grow in our application of the scriptures together. We've got our Wednesday night equipping classes where we're going to grow in our understanding of the nature and the character of God together. And then we've got our midweek Bible studies again, where we want to be rooted and steeped in the word and now these discipleship groups that we're starting which are kind of like the multi-purpose the all-purpose back is that what is that what they call in football i don't know what do they call it at georgia i I have no idea (laughs) right and then all the way into our senior adult ministry and the beautiful thing about i think what happens here at highland is though we talk about those um venues those ministries individually they're not siloed off and so we Mm-mm. get to meet together once a month and talk about what's going on in the ministries and we get to speak into those ministries and we get to ask questions and we get to um man change our mind and even. serve each other yeah. in the ministries and they all kind of connect in some way yeah <laughs> which is awesome yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And so, um, you know, I, I'm really excited about the next season at Highland. And we've even talked about what, what it looks like to use these things that we've just discussed um, as kind of an evaluative effort for our ministries. Like if we're doing something, how is it playing into these things that we've just talked mm-hmm. about? How is it How is it aiding and edifying us in making disciples? And so I think it's just a, a helpful thing. And I'm you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm, I'm really excited to yep. kind of see what the Lord has for us. Awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. How about you? How do you feel about it? 
Oh, I feel great about it. I think, yeah, um, you know, there's there is a common uh, desire among the people of Highland, I think, right now, whether they're staff or not. I feel like there's just a sense of just a desire for intentional uh, discipleship to be taking place. And so, you know, whether that's, um, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be an age based thing, but yeah. mature believers inviting believers who are a little bit behind them, maybe timeline wise to to come into intentional relationships so that they can grow together spiritually. And so um, hopefully we can start encouraging that more and more and cultivating that and practicing that. And um, yeah, I think that's a a pretty great thing. So um, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How do you do this? Like, what does this look like? in your mm-hmm. arena? Like yeah. how have you done it in the past? How are you looking forward to do it in the future? What okay. does that look like for yeah. you? So um, I think for me, I tend to uh, invite specific people into just kind of a small group type environment. And uh, and so for, uh, you know, I, I usually spot like, you know, one, two, maybe three girls, <laughs> young girls. I say girls, I still call myself a girl. I'm a woman, okay? <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that earlier today. I was like, we're adults now. We don't need to say girls. But anyways, young women that I'll invite into a, uh, a group. And so I prefer having a group of women meet. I love one-on-one meetings and my one-on-one meetings are so fun and I love that. And there's just a lot of fruit that comes from that, but there's also a benefit to having three or four or five women meeting together. And so, um, I'll just usually kind of pick a time when I know I can start a group when I have that capacity and then I'll invite a handful of women to, and I'll say, Hey, like, would you like to be a part of this small group that we're starting? And, and we'll be reading through, um, scripture together. We'll be reading through books, praying together with the intention that group members eventually um, do the same with other women. Uh, And so like uh, this past year, I've been meeting with a group of five women on Wednesday nights and it ended up getting to the point where we were all kind of leading it. (laughs) So taking turns, facilitating discussion, leading prayer time. And it was just such a sweet year of um, just reading scripture together, memorizing scripture, uh, reading through different leadership books, but we would often like cry together, pray together. I mean, it was just a really special group. And so um, everybody that's in that group is now at least meeting with somebody one-on-one for discipleship, which has been really fun. And so we, um, had our last meeting last week, which is so sad, but uh, great. There a lot of tears? But good. There, there were of... some tears, but not a lot of tears. Were they your tears or were they? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they're fresh. But again, it's not like we're no longer friends. Like yeah. we'll still see each other. Yeah, and, so... and so I'm encouraging them now. Okay. Like, you know, and some of them, again, they're already leading and discipling in different areas. Um, I think yeah. that's a great point that you make. Like the idea of, especially as we've kind of <clears throat> talked about discipleship groups, like one of the things that we've said is we want them to be time limited with the specific intention of after this amount of time, um, this group will end and mm-hmm. then we want you to go gather some people around. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can feel like we're saying like you need a to bad sever. Up, yeah. But it's not. <laughs> so we, we're not saying that you need to sever no. that relationship. We're just saying that it does change mm-hmm. a little bit and that we're encouraging you to move forward. So I, I like that you point out that no, we're still gonna we're still gonna be friends. Oh, you totally. just spent a year of your life with <laughs> yes, them pouring into sure. them and doing those things, which is amazing. And there's gonna be relationships there that are uh, built that that may even be lifelong relationships. And, and so just to encourage anybody who's discipling right now, but is kind of fearful of releasing mm-hmm. that the, those people or that person that you're walking with, you can still be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And you can yeah. still even meet with them sometimes. So yeah. there's nothing <laughs> wrong, sure. nothing's prohibiting that. So yeah. what about you, Jeremy? 
Oh man, I, I don't do it. I just you don't. I you don't do it. You just tell everyone it. else to uh, do it. No, that's not true. <laughs> so I have uh, a men's group uh, that meets specifically. Uh, generally, historically, it's been September to uh, the end of May. Uh, COVID has changed that a little bit, but uh, what we do is we'll start with First uh, and Second Timothy. We'll begin walking through that, and then uh, we just walk through some um, books on theology, doctrine, and the church. So mm-hmm. um, the point of that group for me is really kind of teaching people what it looks like to be a leader in the local church, but that starts with helping them understand what's the role of the local church, like what what not only is the role of the local church, but what is my role, my responsibility to the local church. And so we'll spend a whole year walking through that. But at the beginning, when I invite them in, I let them know, hey, here's the process that we're going to walk through. And at the end of that process, I'm going to release you. And I want you to do the same thing with Mm -hmm. some other men. Now, it doesn't have to be, what does it look like to lead in the local Mm -hmm. church? What is it? But as you're beginning to think through what you are going to walk through, you'll be thinking about it with the local church in mind. And that's something that I would encourage people in too, that as you're doing these things, we're thinking, yes, we want to build up the kingdom. But then on the other side of it, we're also building up the local church. Mm -hmm. We're building up Highland doing this, like the more mature people, uh, the more people, the more mature people, the more people are maturing Mm -hmm. at Highland, the stronger Highland is going to be as a church. And I don't mean that organizationally, but I mean the body, the people of Highland, we will be stronger because we'll have more people who are maturing in Christ, bringing in others and helping them grow and mature in Christ. And so this isn't just good for your personal walk. It's also good for building up the body like we see in Ephesians 4, right? It's good for the building up of the body, the edifying of our little expression of the bride here on 30th uh, and Maple. And so mm. we do a lot of reading. That's what I was going to ask you group. is what does, um, what would a typical meeting look like for you? And one of the things that I loved that you talked about at our recent training was how important it is to have a plan ahead of time. And I, that was a good reminder for me um, because there's a, I can err on the side of like, just like, oh, you know, here's some options. What do you guys want to do? As opposed to going in with a plan ahead that. of time. I cannot see that you about you at all. Oh. Yes. Because <laughs> I usually am very much of a planner. You're the most organized person. I know. (laughs) Well, it's not that I'm not organized. It's more like I have a reason behind it. Right. So I usually go in and say, okay, here's like a handful of options that Mm -hmm. I think would be awesome. What do you guys feel like you're allowed to do? And the reason I do that is, is it gives them the opportunity to voice where they're at with the Lord and where they think they would like to grow. But it also gives them kind of an option, an opportunity to kind of lead quote unquote, like, or or make a decision and say, Hey, let's do this. And so, um, I so think yeah, that's I have a, a reason behind yeah. why I do that. It's not, you know, but I loved that you talked about how important it is to have a plan. And so to, to figure out, okay, here's what we're going to do for the next six yeah. months. And, and what I will point out is what you're doing <laughs> is, I think what you're doing is awesome. Yeah. The two intentions of our group mm-hmm. are, are different, right? Right. Um, but you do have a plan. Oh, totally. Like you're working out that plan. <laughs> yes. It just you're looks just, different from yours. Or yeah. Just because they're different purposes. Right. Yeah. And so I have a specific goal in mind for my group. And I am inviting people into that specifically from the beginning saying, hey, if you wanna learn what it looks like to be a leader in the local church and why the local church is important and why then I want you to be a part of this group. And they may want to and they may not. Yours is a little different in that, hey, if you wanna 
know what it's like to be a, or if you want to be a growing and maturing believer in Jesus Christ, why don't you walk with me in this mm-hmm. group? And you're dis- you're allowing them to decide what are we going to be walking through mm-hmm. as we're growing and maturing. That's a plan. That's a For great sure. plan. Uh, I encourage all kinds of people to do that. And in fact, if people were only doing it my way, I don't think it would be nearly as successful mm-hmm. um, because again, it's different. So I have, uh, I have some guys that I walk with kind of the way that you're walking with as I sit down and I talk with them, it's like, Oh, they don't, they don't need this thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. over here in my right. men's group. They need something, they need something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you're it's tailoring still it. a plan. Yeah. Uh, so you're making sure that the individuals in your group, their needs are being met and that they're as right. far as like where they're at in their walks with Christ. And yeah. so I don't know if that's the way to put it, but yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> good. So you're doing a good job, but yeah, Thank I you. think we definitely need to make a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does that mean that? So a typical day for me, for our group, is we'll walk in, we'll pray to begin, and then I literally will just say, "Okay, so what did you read this week that challenged you? What did you read that encouraged you? What did you read that you agreed with that you disagreed with?" Uh, or something that was confusing. And then we just kind of start our conversation and we go through entire chapters generally mm-hmm. of a book. And some of the books we read are a little more heady. Mm. Um, and so it takes time to kind of digest them. And there's some there's some big concepts in some of them, uh, but I don't think inaccessible concepts, right? Yeah. So when we're reading um, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. Um, it's a it's a phenomenal book, and I think mm-hmm. for anybody, my husband was in your group this year. Mark yeah. was in, in Jeremy's group, and he said that was his favorite book for sure out of all of them. Yeah, and it's a phenomenal book. Uh, but a lot a of plug. people, yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out. Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of people don't understand how important the understanding of Trinity is to our faith, right? Is to the church, and so we read it, but it's a book that's really accessible to anybody. So it's not written in a way that if you're not a Bible scholar, uh, you can't understand it. It's written in a way that anybody can really understand it, but there's still some really difficult uh, things that we have to wrestle through. And so we talk through those. What I tell them always in the group is I don't want this group to end with you thinking the way I think, but I sure want this group to end with you knowing why you think what you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I've said that since I was in student ministry, like um, I will challenge your ideas. If your ideas are uh, unbiblical, I will point that out to you in the scriptures, but I'm not here to tell you uh, what to think, but um, I I do want to teach you how to think about why you believe what you believe. And and for me, in my faith, like that was a thing that was incredibly helpful. I had a philosophy teacher uh, at Hardin-Simmons who just tore me to shreds one day, uh, absolutely annihilated me. He was a believer. Um, He was a lover of Jesus, but the like my defense of the faith was woefully, woefully inadequate. And so he calls me up after class and he just says, Hey, Jeremy, I understand, um, understand what you're saying, but there comes a point in your life when you have to understand your faith and you have to make it your own. It can't just be because Mm -hmm. you grew up in this way or you were taught these things. You have to have uh, dug into it and and understand why you believe Mm -hmm. those things. And for me, that was formative. And it was probably another several years before I really began to dig into it. But it was always one of those things in the back of my mind that, okay, I'm I'm going to understand why I believe this and I'm going to dig into it. And I always encourage people like, 
that know why you believe what you believe mm. and be able to, and this is always the question I ask, how do you defend that biblically? I will never say, Hey, I think you're wrong. My question is always, how do you defend that biblically? Or how do you explain that biblically? Mm. Or how do you, how do yeah. you derive that from the Bible? So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. That's awesome. Yeah. For our group meetings, um, typically like, uh, like we'll catch up for like, you know, 10 minutes or so. And then we do accountability questions to start with. Um, and usually, um, yeah. So what we, we actually <laughs> stole these questions from another church, <laughs> which is awesome. And these are broad. Um, but our, the, and if the group has a hard time opening up about where they're at with the Lord, then we, uh, I use more specific questions, but, um, if the group doesn't have a problem opening up and being honest about where they're at, then I just am fine with these broad questions. But, um, it's, how did you feed your flesh this week? How did you feed your soul? Um, and how did you feed the souls of others? And so with those three questions, you know, and it's not like, oh, like, you know, how did you feed your soul in the sense of like, oh, I went, you know, for, you know, a nice walk. Or again, those things are great, <laughs> but specifically yeah. what did you do to to encourage your love for Christ this week? Or uh, or like in, a, in the not so great sense, what are some ways that you fed your sin and fed your flesh this week? And then, um, you know, the, again, the third question is how did you encourage others' love and affections towards Christ this week? And so, um, and so we, we would always ask, you know, at least one of those questions. Uh, what what we found this week with this or this year with this group was that we would ask one question and then we would end up talking about the one thing <laughs> for like a long time, which is awesome. And again, you know, some group dynamics quickly, like you bond and it's easy to open up or if you already have a relationship um, like that. But uh, yeah, but then there's other times when I've, we've used like more specific accountability questions. Um, and then from there we go into uh, either walking through the scripture, like the chapter or whatever it is that we read and kind of go verse by verse and asking, you know, the observation questions and then say, hey, like what kind of cross references did you look up? That sort of thing. Or if we read through a book, like what you just kind of explained, uh, we'll do something similar where we walk through, okay, what was what was a highlight from this chapter that you took away? Uh, what was something that you, you didn't like so much? Um, you know, and kind of walk through it that yeah. way. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's really, I want to start doing groups like you. I think okay. that's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this with our last couple of minutes. Um, if I could only get you to give me one resource and you're like, you're, you're only allowed to give out one. What would you say is this is a, this is a book or a, uh, or a resource that has mm -hmm. helped me immensely as I've walked through these discipleship groups. Cause you, you have a, a, pretty good lineage mm -hmm. of discipleship, both in college ministry sure. and, um, and pre-college ministry with crew, um, and, and presets yeah. and all those things. What's, what's one, what's your one, like, I love this book. Oh man. I think the book that had the most impact on the way that I, uh, I participate in discipleship, uh, would be transformational discipleship by yeah. Greg Ogden. Yeah. Uh, or is it transforming? <laughs> it's Greg Ogden's one. There's like a few different ones, but I read yeah. that years and years ago um, yeah. when it first came out, I guess. I don't remember when that was, but, <laughs> yeah. and that truly just blew my mind and, and the way that I went about, um, went about it. So I would recommend that to anybody. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What about it's, you, Jeremy? It's a great book. Uh, it's actually a book that we gave away at the, um, and, and I don't use it. I don't use it in my men's group. Um, although I have used it before, but, uh, it's a book by, um, oh gosh, 
now you're gonna, uh, now I forgot it, but it's called Habits of Grace. David Mathis. David Mathis, there you go. That's why you're awesome. And I'm older, I'm getting, <laughs> my mind is slipping. Struggling. Mind is slipping. Uh, yeah, but it basically it talks about putting your faith into practice, like how we actually walk out those things that we say we believe. Uh, and so it's a phenomenal book, has a study guide and a leader guide that goes along with it. So you could literally do it as a study all on its own, but there's a ton of really great discipleship uh, resources out there. Some of the books that we gave out uh, would have been like one-to-one Bible reading um, by David Helm. Uh, and we gave out the Ogden book that you just discussed. And then the trellis in the vine. I have not read that, but you, you rave about that one too. I love that book. I love that book. And so there's a ton of resources, but we, Emily and I also want to be a resource to you. So if you have questions about how you might start a group or what you might do in a group, feel free to email us emily-kelly at hbcwaco.org or jeremy-daniel at hbcwaco.org. And we can answer those as best we can, but here's what we want. We want to see all people doing what they've been called to do, right? Mm -hmm. Making disciples. And if we can help you and encourage you in that in any way, we want to be able to do it. Got anything else for them, Em? Uh, That's all. All right. Well, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And we'll catch you next time.